Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Aaron, and we're really excited to have Kelly Gaines back on the podcast to discuss the upcoming NCAA tennis tournament. Kelly is the executive director of USTA North Carolina. She played tennis at William Peace University, where she was inducted into the Hall of Fame. She was a teaching pro at North Hills, and she also was the head coach of the NC State women's team. So, Kelly, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about this upcoming NCAA tennis tournament and maybe why adult recreational players should go? Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, we are going to be so lucky particularly in the triangle, but I know your listeners are all over uh, the country now, which is great. So you're going to get to see some of the best tennis right in your own backyard, really no matter where you live. The uh, NCAA men and women's tournaments will begin uh, right around May 4th. Uh, the announcement to who goes in these tournaments begin will be on Monday night, May 1st on the NCAA website, you can see it's just like the selection show for March Madness. I like to call it May Madness. Uh, but the um, this is a historic, I will tell you, because they are playing locally. A lot of our schools are playing locally here in, uh, in North Carolina, but also all around the country. And then eventually they're going to end up at the USTA National Campus, where not just Division One men and women, but Division Two men and women, and Division Three men and women, and NCAA wheelchair will all take place at Lake Nona. That is going to be over a three-week period, and it's going to be so exciting. But you can get a little taste of that uh, if you are in an area that has a team that's playing at home. I like to say that, you know, you can see top-level tennis, tennis that you might pay a lot of money to see at a ATP or an WTA event right down the street, and you, you, don't have to, you don't have to stay in a hotel. You don't even have to buy a big ticket. So this is going to start on May 4th, and as I said, the, uh, the draw will be Monday night, May 1st, and you can catch that. Uh, it's be live-streamed. It's going to be a lot of fun because it'll be just like they do when they do the, the big selection show. There'll be some bubble teams that won't get in. There are some automatic qualifiers. And, but for rec players, they start out with doubles. And I'm going to tell you something. Their doubles is live from the very first point. They're in a whole lot of this, you know, easing into it because they only play one set. And that's, and all three courts play at the same time. And whichever team wins two of those individual matches wins what they call a doubles point. And then they follow that with six singles, two out of three, and they play until the match is clinched. And so they're trying to play to get to four points, four, four individual match wins. And then they stop. And everybody runs around and jumps around and is excited. So that's kind of the format for how they do it. And they'll do that at Lake Nona. They'll also do that in your close to home. And right here in the Triangle, y'all, we are so lucky. We have, uh, you know, the UNC Chapel Hill women are number one in the country. NC State, go Wolfpack. Sorry, I'm just a little biased, is uh, number four. <laughs> Duke is number six. 
and Wake Forest is uh, 29. That's right here in North Carolina, and that's just women. The men have uh, Duke at, at 11, UNC at 15, Wake Forest at 21, and NC State at 25. So, so all four of our big four are going to make the tournament. So it's just now whether who hosts. More than likely for North Carolina, uh, UNC men and uh, UNC women, NC State women, probably Duke men and women, and Wake Forest men will host, and we'll just have to see. It's all going to happen May 1st when we see the draw. That sounds great. And weren't you guys both at the ACC championship this weekend? I remember Aaron posting a lot of pictures about it. Aaron, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, that was so great. We're so lucky to have such amazing teams in our area. I went um, two days uh, one day was a rainout, actually. All, all the local colleges ended up playing indoors, um, you know, at a host site. But yeah, I went, um, Friday and Sunday. Sunday was the final and I saw Kelly there, um, which is why we decided to do this podcast, but it was amazing. I've been to a lot of pro tournaments and, um, I actually went to the San Diego tournament last year and I almost felt like I had that same experience, but in a, more intimate setting and almost a little bit more exciting because I mean, these are college men and women. It was amazing to see the energy and college tennis is a party, right? That's the big difference between really even pro and, you know, certainly rec. Someone in rec tennis might be like, Oh, there's, you know, someone on another court talking too loud. It bothers them, but college is a party. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the whole thing is just amazing. So, um, you know, for $10, I sat right next to, you know, the most amazing players. It was just phenomenal. Their energy was amazing. Like I said, it was men and women playing in the same weekend. So there was just a ton of camaraderie. And, you know, so many people that went to all our local colleges were there. And it meant so much to so many people. It was, I just felt extremely lucky to see that type of, you know, that level of of tennis for such a small amount of money and just, you know, to, to just experience that whole thing was, I was just blown away. And Kelly and I were like, we have to do an episode about the whole NCAA tournament coming up because people can have that experience all over the country really coming up. So highly, highly recommend. Aaron, what did you think about the format? I mean, this format sounds oh, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Carol and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. We think we should introduce a little bit of this in rec tennis <laughs> only because Carol and I are singles players. So I, I was telling, um, I was talking about how they play the dubs first, play doubles first, and they only play one set, which is interesting. Um, because that's to me for, and I'm sure for Carolyn, that's a little bit easier to play two sets for doubles and maybe one set for singles. But I thought I told Carolyn how it was awesome, how once they clinched, they were able to just shake hands really quick at the net and run with their team. So I don't know, it would be fun to, you know, introduce a little bit of that indirect tennis. Yeah. They also play no ad. Oh, I don't like and, that. <laughs> well, well, you know, from a, from a pressure standpoint it's huge. for college tennis, um, if you remember that number one match that we watched between the UNC and the NC State players, um, many of those games in that first set went to, went to deuce. So really, uh, Diana, the player for NC State who, you know, went to Australia and qualified for the Australian Open and then, you know, has played some WTA events this spring along with the college schedule. She played those, those deuce points 
uh, that was pressure points. Yeah. And you could see the difference, a little very slight difference in their level. Um, it was, it was just so exciting. And, you know, they left, uh, the match left a couple of matches that had just completed tie breaks for the first set. So they were, yeah, they could have been out there another couple hours playing. It was that close, very close, very close. Aaron, what did you think about the level of play? Was it comparable to adult recreational tennis? Oh, yeah. You know, it was really funny. Actually, I'm glad you asked that because there was a group that went on Friday that I was meeting there and there was a big group chat and, um, Everyone, you know, after everybody left, they'd be like, Oh, I've got, I've got a match tomorrow. It's going to be just like the tennis we saw today, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was, incre- it really was, Carolyn. It was incredible. You got to go, you got to go with me next time. I think, um, I think, Carolyn, you actually play better after having watched them because you're so pumped. Yeah. So yes. I would, that's what another reason for rec players to go out and watch. They can get pumped. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember years ago, um, uh, my, my doubles partner and I were watching NC State women play at it and they were playing what a lot of people call the Australian, but I call it the I. And, um, and, and we, we changed the way we did how we played by watching what they were doing. And I, I don't know that it worked all that great for us, but <laughs> we did. <laughs> See, that's a reason we should go out there. That's exactly that's right. right. That's right. That's right. I just think that, yeah, this is a chance to take your kids to watch. Don't, you know, you, we all can go as, as adult rec players, but we need to take our kids because when you, you know, you, you, you can't be it unless you see it. And I think that this is such a good opportunity for our kids to see what they sticking to junior tennis, sticking to going to college. This is what could do. This could be for them. Kelly, I have another question. You know, you talk about NC State. I know you coached tennis at NC State previously. What did it mean to you to see the NC State women win their first ever ACC championship? Well, I was, needless to say, I try not to be biased because I think so much of really all of our coaches that I know a lot of our coaches in the state and they're all excellent. And, and, uh, but, personally, uh, I was trying to be very cool, calm, collected, but I will admit there was definitely a tear in my eye. What I was watching on my phone was there was a text stream going on with my former players who were live streaming it from all over the country. They were talking to each other and they really felt as that they had a part in that. And you know, that just, that meant the world to me. And I think that's where I got a little bit choked up. Uh, and, you know, I just congratulate Simon and, and, and Simon Earnshaw, who's the coach. He won nine national championships at the D2 level. So I've kind of kidded him that, you know, he's kind of in a drought right now. Um, and to be truthful, uh, you know, UNC or NC State, they've gotten, they've each gotten to the, the semis the last few years and quarters and, and yeah, they could, either one could win it. Um, Either one. And, you know, it'd be, would it be wonderful to see them play in the finals of the NCAAs? That would just be great. But it's just, it's incredible tennis. And, and Aaron said, you are not, you don't have your Wimbledon on. You have, it is loud. It is, you are wearing your team colors. It's just like you're at a basketball game. Oh, I love that. Aaron, did you yeah. like that? 
Oh, it was amazing. Um, it was a little bit like Fed Cup, Carolyn, like we talked about last week where, um, you know, people were cheering and I mean, it was loud and fun and exciting and the energy was crazy. The, the difference is it didn't really, ha- I mean, it was quiet certainly during points, but, um, it was cute. Actually, Diana, who is already on the WTA, um, you could tell what it meant to her to be part of a team. The, there were some, you know, I call them kids because they were young college students sitting, very, you know, all over, you know, right next to me. And when they were, you know, just doing their Wolfpack um, cheers and the UNC people were doing theirs. And I mean, she just lit up. She was smiling ear to ear. And she was in a very high pressure situation. And the singles player that she played from UNC, Fiona, Fiona, correct? She was, I was talking with some of the ladies I was there with. She was, again, in a very high pressure situation. And she was cheering for her teammates on other courts between her own points. Like she was getting ready to receive a ball. Oh yeah. And she was like, let's go heels. You know, like she was cheering as much as some of the people in the crowd. And yet she was a player on the court playing. You know, as a coach, (laughs) that would probably be like, don't, don't pay attention to the other court, but uh, focus (laughs) on your match. But in any event, and you know, we're talking about the level of their play the athleticism, and this kind of goes across the board to no matter what level you're playing at this point. You know, we have to go back and really um, give a high five to the title to Title Nine that was passed in in 1973. It's 50 years old, and and I do believe that because of that, that's opened up so many avenues for women to be athletes. And if you watch these women play up and down the up and down, they are terrific athletes. And they, you can see that they take great pride in their professionalism and their preparation and the way they compete. It is just for me, you know, as a, just a little kid who was a girl who played tennis, I really, really appreciate that a lot. Thanks very much to Kelly for coming on the podcast. Kelly told us this is a great way to celebrate National Tennis Month in May by having it kick off with such great local tennis. We've included links in our show notes to the live stream selection shows happening on Monday, May 1st. And I have to tell you, I am really excited to watch. Also, I think I can learn a lot from watching college players. And I really like the format and the environment, which sounds super fun because I would never take my children that are younger to Wimbledon. But I think they would love this environment. Also, please let us know who you think is going to win the Men's and Women's National Championship this year. You can message us on social media, which is Second Serve Podcast, or on our website, which is secondservepodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon. 